Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. For example, I noticed that there's a lot of things that I find interesting or fascinating and you don't care about them at all. <laughs> well, there's a, like at least the last two out of the last three episodes where you actually said on the show, oh, by the way, I wasn't listening to a word you said. You said that to me twice. <laughs> no, but there's a difference. I wasn't listening because I was searching for information, but it doesn't mean I don't care about what you're saying. It just means I didn't hear what you were saying. There's a difference. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. I'm Josh in Toronto. And I'm Skip in Montreal. In today's episode, Tim Wallach's uniform, Unbreakable Records, and John Fogarty. But first, our NHL playoff preview? Okay, Skip. So today, it's about a month and a half late, but we're finally going to do our NHL playoff preview. We're going to go in-depth, all 24 teams, 15 minutes on each team. We're going to do power plays, shorthanded situations, five on five, top six forwards, top four defensemen, goaltending, you name it. We're going to run the whole gamut. This is going to be a long episode. You ready? Did you do your homework? Sure, I did. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Actually, like, I'm, I'm actually really surprised you started with this. Like, I, I mean, really, the, only, the big news in sports this week was the NHL, but I'm still surprised that you started with this. Well, the only reason I started with it is because I actually didn't do any homework. I know nothing about any of the teams. We're not going to do any preview because even if the playoffs do happen, it's not starting until July. So yeah, we can- like the interesting thing with the NHL, they did a nice little PR campaign this week because they came out with their playoff format, right? And they decided this is what's going to happen, who's going to be in and everything. But they really actually didn't do anything. They really actually didn't decide anything. They decide, They just said, okay, it's going to be 24. They made like the easiest decisions possible. We're going to have 24 teams. This is going to be the format. Like stuff, something that could have been decided in like a couple of hours. But I mean, I guess the unions have to agree and the players and everything. So there's always big business means big problems. But that's a song, by the way. And then it was blitzed on TV. It was in our face. NHL, NHL. I had like this guy, the guys on Instagram that I follow are on Twitter that are Habs accounts. They're like, oh, can we beat the Penguins and all this stuff? It's like, like, what are you talking about? Like, because the little, the, the, the smallest little word that got like really like no press this week in the NHL story is if they return to play, if the playoffs happen. Like, so they really didn't decide on, they really just decided on the format, but like they actually have no, they actually have no plan, but the NHL was brilliant because they got in front of all the other leagues. Like they, they, they were the first team out, the first league out there saying, this is what we're doing. So they, they make them look, they made themselves really look like this progressive league, but really they actually haven't done anything. You're absolutely right. So now let's get to what's actually important to us. Oh, okay. Oh, and one more thing. They released the, they released the list of 10 cities. Where this could be the hub cities, I right? saw that, yes. So so that's another thing that they actually really didn't do. They just wrote down a list of 10 cities. So, yeah. <laughs> well, no, they've actually, they've actually had conversations with each of the, the public officials in those cities to say, first of all, hey, can we do this? A, uh, B, would you allow it? Um, you know, sort of, are, are you interested in having all these people in one location? Can you even accommodate all these people? So they have had conversations with those cities. So it's not like they just right. made a list randomly. I guess. I guess. But I mean, then, you know, I don't know if you just, do you see the interview with Bill Daly? And they asked him what happens if one player tests positive? I didn't see that. No. They, they asked him if one player tests positive, is the whole thing shut down? And he was like, no, not really. We don't know. I'm like, okay. So like, is it five people that test positive? Ten? Like, what's your number? Like, like they, they actually don't have a plan. Like, that's what was so shocking about this whole week. They really don't have any plan in place other than... You know, five plays twelve, and top four are have buys. Like they, they, it's really like kind of, kind of weird and silly at the same time. By the way, you mentioned five versus twelve. That's the classic upset in March Madness. So I wonder if it's going to happen in hockey now. <laughs> it's so true. I didn't. I just thought of that right now. Five versus twelve. That's like a, that's that is the 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 most upsets in March Madness do happen in that game. Although we don't have a you know six versus thirteen or 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 you know. No, no, you do. It's uh, 5 versus 12, it's 6 versus 11, 7 versus 10, and 8 versus 9. So the first round is exactly like March Madness. 
You don't have you don't have one versus sixteen. That's what no, you're that's right. Sorry, you're right. My math, you know, my math is not not so hard. Right, right. But yeah, you're right. We don't have the one versus sixteen or two versus fifteen. Yeah. So anyway, on to what's actually important to us. Uniforms. I can't wait to hear. Well, we're gonna let the listeners in on a little story. So normally we only talk once oh, a yeah. week on Saturdays, but we actually spoke in the middle of the week this week. Sacrilege, I know. Te- it was shocking. You texted me at like ten thirty at night. Are you awake? And I'm like, uh oh. So I'm gonna. There's some kind of crisis. Josh has got some kind of crisis. Like I, I thought it was like something serious. Actually, it was and a then, crisis, and, and it was serious. And then you're like, can I call you? I'm like, oh, this is serious. And then, and then, of course, I called you, and then I'll let you tell everybody what happened. So it was a crisis, and it was serious. So here's what happened. Um, they showed the um, Dennis Martinez perfect game on television again, again this week. Again. Yes, again, because it was on a month ago. I, I don't know. It's been on at least three, four times now. I don't know. I lost count. doesn't matter. Yeah, by the way, I talked to my uncle, and he agreed with us. He's like, they keep showing the same five Expos games. It's, it's true. Yeah. So they showed it again, and um, I noticed something the first time it was on a month ago, and I actually took a picture of my television, as you know I love to do. And I was going to yeah. send it to you a month ago, but I never sent it to you. I never mentioned it to you. I didn't mention it on the show because I knew if I did, you'd think I was crazy and everyone else would think I was crazy. So the game was on again three days ago. And I said, okay, I can't, I can't hold this in any longer. So I spoke to you while we were both watching the game. We watched an inning together and I told you to just to look at the Expos uniform. So this was what, 1991, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. 91, I think, yeah. Hold on, let me get that right. Yes, so this was, the game was played on July 28th, 1991, the Dennis Martinez perfect game against the Dodgers in Los Angeles. And so I told you to just look at the Expos uniform. This is the uniform that has those blue and red stripes going down the side of the whole uniform. And so where the shirt and the pants meet, right at the belt, the stripes match each other. So, you know, red on one side, blue on the other, same thing on the pants. And then, after you saw that on television, I sent you a picture, the picture I took of my television, a picture of Tim Wallach, where it clearly shows that his pants and his shirt do not match. So on one of them, it's red-blue. On the other one, it's blue-red. I know this is completely nuts, and I'm going to waste a lot of time talking about this. Um, But I said to you, how is it possible that he has a different uniform from the rest of the team? And we couldn't figure it out. You even Googled some pictures and you found some old photos online where, in fact, Tim Wallach is wearing the wrong uniform or a different uniform. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what to do. I mean, really, we didn't need to do anything. I just wondered, did anyone else notice this? Am I the only one? How long did this last? Was it just for one game? Was it for the entire season? Who knows? So the next day, I sent an email to this website called UniWatch. Uni is short for uniform. And uh, I sent it to, well, the guy who runs the site, his name is Paul Lucas. It's quite an amazing website. It's the obsessive study of athletic aesthetics. It is quite amazing. The day that the day that you and I talked, I went on their website to see what they were talking about. And sure enough, there was a story about the Phoenix or the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know if it's Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes. Their jersey, there was one game where they wore throwback jerseys and half the team was wearing a slightly different jersey no one would have noticed this unless you look like even when he mentioned it and showed the photos i had a hard time finding the difference actually when he showed the photos i couldn't spot it was like where's waldo i couldn't i didn't know what he was talking about exactly so i mean i said i said to you even i said if this guy can't figure out what's going on with tim wallach's pants then no one can So I sent him an email. I put in a bunch of photos, the photo I took of my television, the photos you found online. And I sent, I sent him the email basically explaining this whole story. And he wrote back to us the same day. And he said, good spot on the Wallach pants striping. I did a bit of more digging. Looks like it was just one of those little glitches that nobody noticed initially. And then someone did notice and gave him a new pair of pants. He definitely had the proper striping for most of that season. And then he wrote about it the next day on UniWatch. And you'll put a link, I'm sure, to the story in our notes, in our show notes. Yes, I will. I will put a link to the UniWatch.com story. Although his website is in such a way that you will have to scroll down. Like, it's not like a, 
like blog style. But actually, I did discover that older stories, like yesterday's stories or stories from two days ago or three days ago, there is a way to find them quicker, and I'll, I'll send you that link later. Okay, good. So anyway, really, I have nothing more to say about this other than it was driving me absolutely nuts, and I sort of finally got to the bottom of it. But he was so like ho-hum in his answer. And he was like, oh, yeah, because you wrote back and you're like, how does this happen? And and like, how does it happen that like a guy wears the wrong pair of pants for half the season? And and basically he was like, yeah, it happens. It, he, he said, actually, it happens more than you think. Yeah, like, he said, like, and this guy, he said someone, this guy at the factory, know, right? yeah, someone at the factory yeah. sewed on the stripes backwards and Wallach either didn't notice or didn't care. Little things like this right. happen more often than you might think. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Like, imagine, like, I would have loved to be, like, in the Exos Clubhouse that day where someone's like, hey, by the way, you got the wrong pants on. And then Wallach is like, what? And then and then, then they when they figure it out. Imagine, like, that day when they figured it out. It was probably super weird. <laughs> and, I mean, Dennis Martinez threw a perfect game that day. So does that mean those pants should be in the Hall of Fame now? I don't know. Yeah, but it's funny because of all the Expos games and seasons, like, that game has been replayed, like, more than any. Right? That's right. And the only and, reason... and. And he's got the wrong pants every time. The only reason I noticed it was because late in the game, he runs to the dugout to catch a foul ball. And by the way, it's it's in the time where they didn't have those railings in front of the dugout. So I think he actually fell into the dugout while trying to catch the ball. And so then they showed a close-up of him walking back to his position. And that's when I noticed it. Otherwise, yeah, I never would have noticed it. It's pretty funny because actually on TV, it's very difficult to notice because the pants, the blue and the red, it's like you really can't spot it very easily with like your human eye, like just by watching TV. Like you just can't, you have to see a specific shot or a real close up or a freeze frame. Right. But when, when players are moving around, you can't, you can't see it. No. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's uniforms. So we wasted 10 minutes on that. Well, I mean, we wasted a lot more than 10 minutes on that the other night. Right. But it was fun though. It's fun (laughs) to get to the bottom of these things. Actually, it is fun to get to the bottom of these things. You're absolutely right. There's no one I'd like to discuss the minutia of of random stupidities than you. That's for sure. Okay, so by the way, one small note, nothing to do with that yeah. game, but you know how we've discussed how they keep showing the same five or six Expos games over and over and over again. Yeah. So I have some good news for you. Mm. Actually, I'm not sure if it's good news. It's news. Because <laughs> you might not care. Um, God knows we could use some good news, Josh. So this Monday night, 7.30 p.m. on RDS, you can watch Expos Phillies Game 5 from October 11th, 1981. Really? Now, I know the outcome of the game, but I remember nothing about it. I don't even know if I watched the game back then, but I'm going to watch it on Monday. Really? I don't think I've ever watched that game fully other than when I was 11 years old. Other than that, I mean, I've seen the highlights. I know what happens, right? It's Carlton versus Rogers. Yes. Rogers actually outduels him. And actually, Rogers actually has the game-winning hit himself. Correct. single. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. I've seen that hit, but that's all yeah. That's all I know about the game. But this is the famous game where at the end of the game, Warren Cromartie grabs a Canadian flag from a, a fan sitting close to the field in Philadelphia. And I thought, I thought that was flag. I thought that was a game in New York in the regular season when they clinched the playoffs. I think it's this one you're going to see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I remember him doing that at a game at Shea Stadium. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe, uh, who knows, like my 50-year-old memory. Maybe he did it in both games. Yeah. But I remember him telling a story on the radio about the fan in Philadelphia. But maybe I'm getting mixed up. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so at least we get to see a different game. And by the way, right after this game on Monday, I think I'm canceling my cable. All right, let's revisit that next week and we'll see what happens, right? Will Josh cancel his cable? That's that's the big question of the week. Will Josh cancel his cable? Let me clarify. I'm not going to cancel cable completely, but I'm going to go down to the minimum package you can possibly have. Gotcha. The, okay. the basic package. Right. So therefore, no sports channels. How are you going to... Oh, well, you don't need sports channels, actually. You're right. Exactly. I don't. But what happens if sports starts back up? How are you, are you going to not watch? Like, are I you going to... I can just go get it again. Like, I can say I want it now. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's gotcha. no point in me paying for it all this time. I don't know why I've paid for it for the last three months when all I'm watching is old stuff. 
I know you're paying you're paying for cable so you can watch the 1975 World Series, right? Right, right. Which yeah. I mean, you know, I did watch the 1982 All Star Game, and I'm going to watch this Expos game on Monday. But I mean, mm. I don't need to be paying 25 bucks extra per month just for that. You probably could have found those games on YouTube. I think I could. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So one more, well, one more. That's base- my list, Josh. I got nothing. <laughs> We got listener mail. We got listener mail just a few minutes before we started recording today. Mailbag. Really? Yes. For, can't wait to hear. From Dave in Toronto. And by the way, shout out to Dave. He's going through a tough time right now. I hope uh, you're doing okay, Dave. Um, as good as you possibly can. But thanks for the uh, email. What he sent us is, um, you've heard the song, I'm sure, many times, Center Field by John Fogarty, right? course i even used it in our intro when we had baseball preview episode so john fogarty i believe turned 75 years old this week wow and so what he did for his birthday he went to dodger stadium with his kids i think he has three kids Mm -hmm. and the stadium was empty and you can see this on youtube i'll send you the link and they played the song center field while standing in center field at dodger stadium that's awesome Major League Baseball. That's one of the nice baseball stories, not like the baseball stories we're hearing these days. Well, the only stories we're hearing is about how the players don't want to take less money. Exactly. So we won't even talk about that because we want to have a positive show today. But but the the thing that did come out this week, and I know he's we talk about him a lot because he puts himself into the news, is Trevor Bauer. He basically accused Scott Boris this week of interfering with the with the union. I was actually th- like, I was actually thrilled with Trevor Bauer today because I can't stand like, Scott it, Boris. It's about time someone called him out, no? It is. And I mean I Scott Boris has way too much influence on the entire sport of baseball. Right. I agree. If I was I if I was a general manager of a team, I would do everything in my power to not have any players who are represented by this guy. I'm not sure if it's possible because he represents so many players, but I would do everything possible to not talk to or be involved with any players that this guy represents because he is like below scum of the earth. He's really, uh, he's really like the ultimate, ultimate in greed, you know, like he's just looking out for himself right now because player salaries go down. He gets less money contracts are lower he gets less but i mean what does he think is going to happen the 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 league is going to lose a billion dollars this year what does he think is going to happen salaries are going to stay the same he's going to come out next year when everything's back to normal and that all the owners have will have lost millions and millions and billions of dollars and they're not going to want to pay mookie bets 300 million dollars they're just not going to want to do that and he's going to sit out mookie bets and say no we were getting our money mookie bets is getting his contract he's going to get the same contract as mike trout mike trout and bryce harper are laughing all the way to the bank because they signed the last big contracts that are never those are they're never going to happen again they're never going to happen again not not in for not for the foreseeable future anyways you know i i really hope you're right and and it might be better off if we just don't have any baseball season at all yeah. Well, you know, there was this there was this trend that that started happening in baseball with the salaries. And this is what Boras was trying to sort of fight in his way. And and it's an uphill battle in that an, analytics has changed a little bit of the way um, organizations think. So many organizations went away from the trend of paying players for what they have done in the past and looking at what players will probably do for you in the future so meaning younger players are getting more money and older players who are getting less money than than they used to be than they used to do and and boras is like he doesn't know what to do about that and and let me tell you when all this covid business is over and sports gets back to normal god willing one day you know like hopefully it's going to be next year um the the salary structure in in sports and specifically baseball is just going to change. It's that's it's going to be a complete um like sh- shakeup of what we're used to seeing players getting paid. Except that I thought that was going to happen after 1994 and and so for a couple of years, maybe 4 years, fans stayed away from the ballpark, fans didn't go, yeah. but then yeah. when when the whole Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa home run chase happened, 
everyone went back to the ballparks and then eventually baseball was back to where they were because people have short memories. They do. But the thing is that, but the thing what I'm talking about is like, for example, right now, according to the union rules, like you don't become a free agent until X. I don't know what the age is. What, 28? I think, I think whatever, it's 28. Right? Okay. So you don't become a free agent until then. And players are used to getting, when they're 30 years old, they finish their contract, they're 30 years old now or 31. And there you're like, okay, now I'm going to get my big payday, but you're not gonna. <laughs> and we've seen that almost the last two years with players only signing really late into almost spring training, right? And and veterans like not having contracts or not getting the contracts that they want. It started a little bit by bit. And I think that like with organizations just really like actually watching their money now and not spending just because, you know, like not out of control spending, it's going to be even more pronounced that they're going to, they're just going to watch every, every contract. They're not going to overspend. Although you're right. There's always some lunatic that's just going to offer someone a big contract for no reason. Right. By the way, something that, that I was thinking about the last couple of weeks. So you know how hockey and basketball and football do have a form of I don't know if it's revenue sharing or a salary cap, whatever. The three of those are completely different than baseball. That's basically my point here. What does happen, what does happen, I I will correct myself here, is if you go over a certain amount, you do have to pay a sort of tax. That's what they call the luxury tax. But I don't know who gets that money. I I thought that's what goes to the low income teams, low revenue teams. Okay, it's possible, but... To, to be honest, I think there's only two teams that had to pay the tax because the number is so high that it's basically impossible to go over it. It was the Dodgers and the Red Sox, I think, the only teams. Right, and, and maybe the Yankees also. Well, the Yankees used to be over all the time, but not anymore. Right, you know? so so anyway, so there is some sort of, I guess, cap, yeah. if you will, but it's not really a cap because you can go over it. You just have to pay a tax. Yeah. So there is no cap then. Right. Whereas in the other sports, there's a hard cap. Yeah, or hard or some type of cap, yeah. So anyway, my point is this. Scott Boris is the one who was complaining a year ago or two years ago how teams like the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays and other teams, they weren't even trying to win. They were basically, they didn't care if they lost 100 games or more and their roster was filled with, you know, AAA players or or whatever because they didn't care and they weren't trying. That was Scott Boris's theory. But you know what? He is the cause of this. And I, let me explain. He has, he represents, you know, obviously the best players in Major League Baseball. Like, you know, I don't know if he represents Mike Trout or, or, or Mookie Betts or whoever, but the guys that he represents, like Bryce Harper is one of his players, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. He represents the big, big, the biggest and the most expensive players for sure. So when he goes out and tries to get as much money as possible for his players, which that's his job. Don't get me wrong. It's fine to do your job. But when he does that, he basically eliminates 90% of the teams can't even attempt to go for that player. So what do you expect a team like the Toronto Blue Jays or the Baltimore Orioles to do? They're not even going to bother trying to go after Bryce Harper because they know they can't get Bryce Harper. So he's the cause of the problem where you have these teams that are losing 100 games a year. No, and also the Houston Astros showed everybody, other than the, other than their cheating, but they showed everybody that... You could lose 100 games three years in a row or maybe four. I don't lost track of how many years they sucked and get high draft picks every year, stockpile your farm system and bring all those players up at once and become really good, which is exactly what they did. (laughs) It's exactly what they did. You know, all those players came out of their farm system all at the same time, right? Exactly. So he thinks that uh, there's a problem in baseball. I think he is the problem in baseball. I got it. I got you. I can't disagree with that. Definitely cannot. Wow, we spent too much time talking about Scott Boras. It wasn't even on my list, but... Me too. Me too. Well, I don't have anything on my list, to be honest. Well, I'm sure you watch television this week, right? TV? Of course, that's all we have. That's all we can do these days. Okay. And, and unfortunately, like, I've watched a lot of news. And, 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 I, and I, didn't, I don't like... We don't often interject politics into the show, but like... If people think we're just being like stupid and talking about stupidities while basically the United States is burning, (laughs) you know, literally burning, like we know what's going on. We're aware. 
I watch the news. I watch the news all day yesterday, all day today. I I, I read news. Like, <laughs> we are educated people. We're just choosing not to talk about it. You know, if you want to go watch the news, you can watch the news. The The idea of this show is to have a distraction from all the garbage that's going on in the world. You know, so. I do have one complaint about the coverage of that story that you're referring to. You're talking about everything in Minnesota? Yes. Yeah. Um, It's not a sports story. I don't need to hear about it on TSN or Sportsnet or any of those sports channels. It's a it's an important story. It's huge, but yeah. it's not a sports story. I don't I don't want to hear about it on sports. But why were they covering it on TSN? What was the angle? Just to show it? They were talking about the reaction of athletes to the story. Oh, I get it. I saw LeBron and whatnot. Okay. But it's not a sports story. No, it's not. But honestly. They don't have any else thing else to put. Right. They don't have. Right. right. So, so I'll tell you what I watched on television this week because there was some good stuff. Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but first I'll tell you something I didn't watch. I noticed on the guide that uh, Titanic, the movie, which by the way, I've never seen. Um, what? I've never seen the movie Titanic. Um, it's actually a good movie. Okay. So it was on CBS on Sunday night. I saw on the guide. And the mm. reason I didn't watch it was because it showed... That it was four hours and sixteen minutes, and I said well, it's like a, th- it's it's a three hour movie, I think, like really, right? But then when you add commercials on network TV, like, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't think I could sit through that movie without commercials. Certainly not with commercials. So anyway, I didn't watch it, but I just thought it was mm-hmm. funny that it's four hours and sixteen minutes. Right. Um, what I did watch was you suggested um, a documentary. Uh, a few months ago called One of Us on Netflix. Right. It's like uh, it's like uh, the sort of documentary version of that show, Unorthodox. Right. So I finally watched it and I liked it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, of it's course, good. it made me angry at, at some parts. It's very disturbing. It's, 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 yeah, it makes you angry, right? Yeah. One thing, one thing I didn't realize, I mean, a lot of the stuff they talked about is very similar to that show, Unorthodox. But one thing I yeah. didn't know that I learned from this documentary when they when they teach kids in school and they give them these like books, yeah. you know, I'm talking about like books that have numbers and letters. When you're teaching a kid yeah. for the first kids' time. books, yeah, yeah, they actually cover up the faces the of girls. any girls in those books, yeah. and I I couldn't believe that they actually do that. Well, it's it's the stupidity of the whole thing, Josh. It's a cult. It's basically like a, a kind of organized cult that's like tolerated, you know. But I mean, they do so, have women that are unorth- that are Orthodox Jews. So why are you covering their anyway? I don't even want to get into. You're that. You're not allowed to look at them. That's why they shave their heads and wear wigs. But the one, the pictures are are beautificated. I just made up a word, but you know, <laughs> pictures of nice looking girls or women, and you're not supposed to look at those. So anyway, another. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, that's my take on it. I don't know. It's stu- stupid. So it was a good documentary. Another documentary that I watched also on Netflix. Have you heard of this um, thing called Icarus? Yeah, I have it in my watch list, but I haven't watched it yet. I listened to a podcast about it like a year ago or more. So I f- It's an amazing story. So I, Is the movie good? So I finally watched it. I have to say, I actually had to watch it twice because there were parts that I didn't quite understand. Um, right. Because the movie starts off with a cyclist. This guy, Brian Fogel, he's actually a cyclist, an American cyclist, and he wants to see if he can improve his time in this this important cycling event. I I never heard of it before. But in doing that experiment, he actually stumbles upon the whole Russian doping, systematic doping scandal and exposes it sort of by accident. Right. Well, you jump, you jump the gun. So let me finish. So originally the movie was supposed to be about him and how, you know, one year he entered this competition where he didn't do any performance enhancing drugs and he finished, I don't know, in the top 15 or something, which is very, very good. Um, And then he wanted to see if the next year, if he did do drugs, could he finish higher? And actually, I think he finished lower the following year, but that's partly because he got injured and whatever. We're not going to get into that. But then like halfway through the movie, it completely changes into something else because the guy who was going to help him, who was helping him, um, you know, juice up, if you will, is this Russian guy, as you mentioned, who was behind the entire Russian doping scandal. 
Right. So the podcast is amazing because he actually goes into detail saying, I was planning to do this, and then I found out about this. And the next thing you know, Russia's banned from the Olympics, basically, right? But then they were allowed to compete in the end. Well, the athletes, yeah. It's it's actually, the podcast version is amazing. So um, the 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 movie must, I mean, I saw the movie and I kind of bookmarked it, but I just haven't gotten around to watching it. So... By the way, if you do watch it, and I mean, this is me, but I had to watch it with subtitles for two reasons. One, there are some parts that are not in English that obviously I don't understand. Uh-huh. But two, even the parts that are in English, the way it's recorded, the sound yeah. is is not great. And also um, one of the main characters, the Russian guy, like English is in his first language. So sometimes it's I'm hard to watch. understand. I'm going to try saying. to watch. I'm going to try to watch without subtitles. I want to test your theory because you've expressed to me that you're an old man now and you need to watch shows with subtitles because you can't hear and understand. I'm telling you, you're, you're, I, this is why I had to watch it twice because of the subtitles. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. So anyway, so then I did a little bit of research on Icarus and this guy, Brian Fogel. And then I discover Brian Fogel, he's actually like a director. He's, I mean, he, yeah. yes, he's a cyclist, but he's also a director, which I didn't quite understand how one person can do two things that have completely nothing to do with each other. I guess you can. I guess you can. So mm-hmm. he directed a movie that I've never heard about, and I want to know if you've heard of it. It's called Jutopia. Never heard of it, no. So I watched the trailer for this movie, and it actually looks funny. Can you watch on Netflix the movie? I don't know. I, I didn't search for it. I just... I just found out this week, so... I'll look for it. But, like, segueing to cycling, have you watched or listened or read about any of the Lance Armstrong stuff? I tried to watch the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30. There was part one was on the other day. Yeah. And it's really long. <laughs> yeah. And about half an hour into it, I'm like, I'm not really interested in this, and I stopped watching. Me neither. Yeah, I'm not interested at all in it, actually. I mean, but, I, mean I can't stand the guy. And if, if, if I happen to walk by him, I would say something to him that I can't repeat on this show. <laughs> right. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'm, there you I'm go. done with exactly. him. You're done with him. Okay, me too. What else do you watch? I watched another documentary. This is from a couple of years ago. Do you remember this HBO documentary called Student Athlete? No. It was done by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. So anyway, I don't have HBO, but it was on TSN and it'll be on TSN again because of course they repeat everything a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, okay. It was okay. It's good. It was okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like, this is not one of those that you have to watch. Right. Okay. And then another- oh, you, re- an- you really went in documentary mode. Well, I mean, what else is there to watch? Like last night there was the, um, the Roy Halladay documentary. I can watch that. I watched it. It was only an hour, so I watched the whole thing. I mean, there was some stuff that yeah. I didn't know about Roy Halladay, so it was interesting, I guess. But again, they had it on. Uh, they had a whole thing about it on, like uh, ESPN Daily. Must... ESPN Daily, exactly. Yeah. Mina Kimes. So I, yeah. I, I got what I needed about it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then here's another movie. Okay, not not a documentary. Completely switching gears here. A 25-year-old movie that when it first came out, I loved this movie. And when I watched it this week, I said to myself, this movie is terrible other than the soundtrack. Is it, uh... Clueless. I don't know why Dion's going out with a high school boy. They're like dogs. You have to clean them and feed them. They're just like these nervous creatures that jump and slobber all over you. Ew! Get off of me! Oh, Clueless. Oh, it was on, yeah. But no, but but you know, you think it's a bad movie? I don't think it's a bad movie. I just I I there were some parts that like I I couldn't believe that I actually liked this movie 25 years ago. Cuz I've read articles about it because of its 25th anniversary and all this and and like there's some critics that hold it up as sort of like the movie of a generation, you know, like in a weird way. Like it represented like teens like teens of that era. I guess we were a little bit older, you know? But like when it came out, yeah. but like teens of that era are like, they look to it as like, that's their movie, you know, type of thing. You know, like we had, there's like certain movies that hit every generation. So like Fast Times at Ridgemount High. Reality Bites. Reality Bites, Clueless. Um, hold on. The other one I was thinking of for this generation is like um, Mean Girls. Yes. Like that's That like, was on TV yeah, recently so, also. Yeah. So anyways. I I like Clueless. I find it entertaining. But yeah, it's like, it's total 90s, right? It's like, it's hard to imagine. Like, that's what life was like. 
No, listen, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I, I liked the movie 25 years ago, and I, I watched it again this week, so it's it's fine to watch, but I mean... And the, and the soundtrack is very good, so I'm, I would watch it again, or mm-hmm. I, I do I do own the soundtrack so I could listen to it, but I mean... I remember going to see it in the movie theater. I don't. I mean, I saw I it, think, but I don't remember. I think, yeah, I think I was at the Côte d'Ange uh, cinemas. Okay. So I watched this week. Yeah. <laughs> not as much as you. <laughs> Um, we watched, um, this show called Bosch. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's an Amazon Prime show. Mm-hmm. Um, this was season six of Bosch. So luckily for us, we've actually watched the previous five seasons when they've been on. Like, like, like we didn't binge six seasons. So like, we're like, oh, Bosch season six is out. Let's watch But that. how did you watch them so- when they were on? If you've had Amazon Prime this whole time? Uh, well, you know, there's oh, never gray area to okay. get shows when you don't subscribe. Okay. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. So, so yeah, I've been able to sort of, you know, obtain them via, via different means. So, yeah. So I downloaded all of Bosch season six and, uh, it was not the strongest Bosch season, but I really still like the show a lot. I like the characters, like there's, you get to know them now after five seasons and like, it's still quite entertaining. I'm happy I watched it. And also the other thing that I'm watching, like there's very few shows now that I'm watching like week to week because like some of the shows that we watched are like actually finished. So um, Top Chef is still on and it's almost, it's it's like one or two more episodes left and it's actually been a really strong season of Top Chef. So we really do enjoy it. I'm assuming those shows were recorded before this whole pandemic. They were because Top Chef, the finale, they're going to Italy. So, like, I'm like, oh, brother, this is weird. Yeah, it's all recorded before because it's like they're doing business as usual and it's normal life. They're in crowds. They're in, they're at, they go to the LA Coliseum and, you know, like it's it's normal, normal life. So I did listen to a new podcast this week. What? So what? 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 You remember you told me about Reply All, and so I listened to an yes. episode of Reply All, the one you recommended about the girl whose uh, Instagram account was hacked. Yeah, the Snapchat Sorry. thief, not Instagram. Yeah. Um, to me, there's no difference between those <laughs> things, of course. Well, as you know, I'm not on Snapface and all that, so I don't really get those. Um, but I'm really just worried about getting our team ready to go. I'm not really too worried about what they're what they put on Instant Chat or whatever it is. So anyway, listening to that episode of Reply All, they recommended that people, if they have any concerns about security online, that they should listen to a podcast yeah. called privacy, security, and open source intelligence. So I listened to an episode of that uh, actually today. And Mm -hmm. it just makes me even more scared about doing anything at all online. Like this guy is smart and he knows like he has his regular email address and he has like sort of a, I don't know what you would call it, another email address that he uses for other things, like if he doesn't want to be traced. And I have two email addresses as well, not including my work email. And so if I ever subscribe to anything, like if I order anything online at Amazon or whatever, I use my other email address because I don't want to be bombarded with spam at my regular email address. But what I do isn't even near good enough compared to what this guy does because he has a way of doing it so that when he signs up for things... The email address can't even be traced. I don't know how. I don't know how he does it. it I didn't understand. It's 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 above me, beyond me. Um, but anyway, he recommends that everyone do this. Okay. Um, let me let me ask you a question. Mm. Your Wi-Fi password in your home. Yes. Is it like something like that means something to you? Is it like, or is it just a random? letters and numbers with caps and like completely random it's random wow that's really good I'm, I'm excited for you well it's random only because it's the password that i was given when i got my modem and i haven't changed it you should never do that you should go change that immediately today right now but i can track who's using my wi-fi because there's people that know what passwords come with the modem the factory installed passwords okay but i i can see um, you can see when there's other traffic. I get you. Right, like because I I don't have unlimited internet. Well, I do this month, but normally I don't. And I could uh, see, you know, oh, I've used this much or I've used this much or yeah. whatever. I remember once going over to like a friend's house, 
And I was like, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? And he's like, hold on. He hands me like a card mm-hmm. that he had made up with a piece of paper and the password. And it was like, it was 15 characters long. And it was letters and numbers completely like, I was like, what What the hell? What is this? I'm like, what is this? But but actually looking back, he's the smart one and I'm the dumb one. Yeah. Although my password's pretty good. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's letters and numbers, but it means something to me, but it doesn't mean something to anybody else, you know? All right, that's passwords. Um, that's pretty much all I got. One more thing. There's, um, I was watching MLB Network, as you know I do, and they had a section about unbreakable records. Okay. And um, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to get your opinion on some of these, like, if you think these records could ever be broken. There's one that I, I'll tell you right off the bat that I don't think will ever be broken. Okay, which? The, is it the 56-game hitting streak? Yeah, I didn't even have that on my list because I think that goes so... It seems, like, impossible to break. It just seems impossible. In the hundreds of years of baseball, like, you know, 56 was DiMaggio, and then the next... The National League record is, like, 40-something by Pete Rose, 42 or 44. And then I remember one year Paul Molitor got up to 39, and everybody freaked out. And that's 39. He's still so far away from the record, right? And actually, I think you're right. It probably will never get broken because there's no more singles anymore, right? It's all homers or strikeouts. And the walks don't doesn't help you to keep your hitting streak going. So I think you are right about that. And and, so and one other, other one, one other one that I don't think will be broken. Yeah. Um, was it uh, Ted Williams who hit four hundred? Yeah. So well, he's the last guy to hit four hundred. Right. I don't think that that's definitely not going to happen. No, we've come. We've that's definitely not going to happen. You're right for the same reason that I just mentioned. Like, there's no more singles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like it's now it's sort of acceptable to hit like two seventy, but as long as your on base percentage is four hundred. Right. right. So, yeah. I mean, the closest we've come was 390, I think, George Brett, right, in 1980. And maybe in 77, Rod Carew hit, like, 380-something. Like, that's that's really good. Remember when, when John Rolrude was, like, flirting with 400 at one point? But, like, he ended up hitting, like, 330. He wasn't even close, or 350. But, like, but like really, like, <laughs> it's almost impossible. No? Yes, it's actually impossible, yes. So the other records that they talked about was Cal Ripken's consecutive games played, 26-32. And the, the previous record was 21-31, so he smashed it. You know, everyone thinks, oh, Ripken, he broke the record, and that's it. He, he played like 500 more games after that. He actually, <laughs> had, a, he actually had a streak before of not just consecutive games played, but consecutive games started. Well, and not even that, innings. Like, he actually played, like, every inning of every Correct, game, yes. Like he, for a while. Yes. Yeah. So that one, I just think it's impossible to break. Like, there's no. Way. I agree with you. And the way the way injuries are treated now, and players are so careful, it's like there's just no way. Um, the other one is Pete Rose's all-time hits mark forty four thousand two hundred fifty six. <laughs> it's like you you take for granted that like four thousand two hundred fifty six. When a guy hits gets three thousand hits, like look at Derek Jeter, great player, right? What did he finish with? 3,000 hits? 3,100 at the most, right? Like, I don't know. three. I don't know how many he has, but it's... Like, he's a 1,000 away from from 400, 4,000. Like, it's just impossible. And when you think about 4,256 hits, it means Pete Rose had to get hit, like, 200 hits every year for, like, 20 years. 200 hits every year for 20 years gets him to 4,000 hits. Like that's that's absurd. Like there's just no way that's ever gonna happen again. Because there's usually only one or two guys a year now that can get 200 hits, even if that. I th- for the same reasons that I talked about. There's no more singles. Well, you know, right? Pete Rose obviously, you know, was not a power hitter, right? He hit a lot of singles and doubles. Yeah. Um. And, no, and even it. at the end of his career, it was mostly just singles. And then the other unbreakable record, which I really think is never going to be broken, like more than any of the others, is Cy Young's 511 wins. Like it's just never gonna happen because there's no there's five man rotations now the pitch counts like there's just it's just never like think about think about who are the greatest pitchers of like our lifetime, right? And I wrote them down for you so you didn't have to think about it. Well, but like well, Greg Greg Maddox, three hundred and fifty five wins. Roger Clemens, three hundred and fifty four. Roger Clemens is probably the greatest right hander steroids aside in history. Three hundred and fifty four wins. And Steve Carlton, 329 wins. They are miles away from 5'11", right? What about guys like Oral Hershiser and um, Clayton Kershaw and... I don't have their I don't have their numbers in front of me, but like Oral Hershiser is definitely behind Maddox, Clemens, and Carlton because I would have wrote him. And Kershaw 
I, he's an active pitcher. Do you know who is the leader of active pitchers in wins? I, right I don't. I would have guessed Clayton Kershaw if you asked me. It's Justin Verlander. Oh, that's, yeah, I should have known. 225. Josh. Yeah, so he's not going to get to 500. No chance. And He's not even going to get to 300. Well, the reason is because now pitchers come out of the game in the fifth inning all the time. They don't even exactly. stay in the game. So how yeah. can they get the win? So when I was, yeah, when I was watching this show on MLB Network, I was just like, man, like, look at how the game has changed. You know, it's pretty amazing to think about it. That at least we'll have these records to stand forever. So we'll always remember that that's a great way to remember history, right? Because look at these records. They're never going to be broken. I mean, it's, well, so two things, like I said, Pitchers get taken out of the game a lot earlier than they used to, number one. Number two, you have such huge pitching staffs. You have like, you used to have only 10 guys. So if all the wins on your team are spread out between 10 guys, each one's going to have more wins. Now you have 11, 12, 13 guys on the the pitching staff. That doesn't include when you call up guys and send guys down. So... All the wins are spread out now between all those guys. That's why you're never going to And also now starters don't go past the seventh very often. Whereas like back in the old days, pitchers used to go nine innings. They just used to, you used to pitch until you forever. Like the the relievers weren't even used. The starting pitcher was assumed like I'm I'm talking about like in the 1920s now, you know, like in the, in the old times, like pitchers just used to stay in the game forever. There was no bullpen. So you got the win or the loss, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. All right. That's, that's my baseball thing. Before we sign off, remember, you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the Skip and Josh podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and of course, Spotify. If you listen to the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you via email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com, via Twitter at Skip and Josh, or by liking and following our Facebook page. As always, you can get all the links to everything I just talked about on our website, skipandjosh.com. We leave you with this. I do have some little notes to end the show with here, Josh. Give me one. So you know that uh, some of the soccer leagues in Europe have sort of restarted or are planning to restart. Yeah. So like the German Bundesliga and some of the smaller leagues. But like the, I know you have a strong connection with Denmark and your, your family. That's right. So, Although all their games have yeah. been canceled recently. Well, no, they, they restarted now. There was a game that happened this week in the Danish Football League. Oh, but, but not the country of Denmark. No, no, not the country of Denmark. In their league. Right, right, right. In, right. in Denmark. I'm talking right? about the national team. No, 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 no. The Euro was cancelled completely. Yeah. Oh, well, the, not cancelled completely. The Euro 2020 is going to be Euro 2021. Now. But it's still going to be called Euro 2020. Right. <laughs> so in the Danish Football League, they played a game this week. And I'll, I'll, again, I'll put the link in our website. Um, they played to an empty stadium, but they installed giant screens in the stands. And they had fans on Zoom watching the game. So you could see them on the screens in their jerseys cheering. That's cool. Like, really, yeah, it was actually, like, really weird to look at. I'll send you, when you, I'll send you the article and you'll see the pictures. It's quite... Bizarre. So what did they have, like 50,000 screens, one in each seat? No, I, I don't think it's 50,000. I think it's like a really little stadium, to be honest. Like, I don't think it's like a big stadium. And they don't only had, like, looks like it looks like there's only screens sort of like in the front rows, you know? And could you could yeah. you hear what was going on on the screen? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it would be funny because, you know, there's obviously a delay, right? So even if the fans are watching yeah. and they cheer immediately, there would be a delay. So you'd yeah. see the goal, and then like seven seconds later, you'd yeah. hear this loud cheer. Well, they are saying that some of the stadiums are going to like pipe in fan music to make it more appealing to the players, I yeah. guess. Like, it's weird. Yeah. I guess we're soon going to so- find out if there really is a home field advantage in all the sports. It'll be an interesting study for like the Saber Matrix people and the people that do analytics. You know, that's true. Yeah. Does home field advantage? Does the crowd in the home field actually matter, or the home court, or the home ice? We're gonna find out. Well, we have had some like you know when those best on best tournaments are played at the Olympics and no one has home ice advantage. We know who ends up yeah. winning. That's true. So we have had some examples of it. But here, here now we're going to find out about empty, empty arenas and empty right, stadiums. Right, right. Like what happens now? So anyway, so right, you got anything? Yeah. Well, you know, we've done this show I don't know, over three years now, and um, there's probably been a few times. I'm, I'm sure I know there have been a few times where you and I don't agree, um, and, I, and those are probably the best shows actually. Sure. Um, 
but I don't know if there's ever been a time where you and I have ever actually were legitimately pissed off at each other. I'm not sure. Maybe it happened. I think once. Which time? I think once I was like annoyed at what something that you said. I, I couldn't allow like just to show like I don't even remember what it was. But like I think one time I was just annoyed at what you were saying and I was like, I can't believe your this is your opinion. I was like kind of like I was kind of like disturbed by it, you know? And I don't remember what it was. So anyway, the reason I mention it is because I watch PTI every day. And you know how Tony and Mike, they always go back and forth and they often don't yeah. agree, actually. And I think part of that is staged, you know, for the show. Um, but this week, I think that Tony was legitimately pissed off at Mike for something. Like, it seemed, what did he say? It seemed like Tony wanted to jump out of his screen because, of course, they're not together. And I think he wanted to punch Mike in the head. What did Wilbon say? So... You know Wilbon. First of all, Wilbon never takes um, one side or the other. He never takes a side anytime he's asked a question because if it's like Draymond Green versus Charles Barkley, well, he's buddies with both of them, so he can't take a side. Right. Um, And that's just one example. So they were talking about the NFL, and they were talking about how, um, you know, the NFL is thinking of adding two more games to the regular season and maybe taking out some games from the preseason and then all these new rules they're thinking of uh, instead of doing this onside kick if, if you had just scored you had the opportunity yeah. you could take it at your own 25 yard line and it's 4th and 15 instead of doing an onside kick right and it, what, what, what they were talking about wasn't even important for my example here so Tony loves this idea Mike hates the idea whether I like it or hate it doesn't even matter Um, But then Mike goes off and starts saying how, you know, because Tony mentioned, you know, in addition to this, this new rule being exciting and interesting, it's also good for player safety because you eliminate the onside kick, which is dangerous, which is true. It is a slightly dangerous play. And then Mike says, I can't believe you're talking about player safety. You, you're always talking about player safety. And yet you're saying that they should add two more games to the regular season. So on one side of your mouth, you're saying one thing. On the other side of your mouth, you're saying something else. And then Tony's like, hold on a second. I never said that. I said, if you add two games to the regular season, you should remove two from the preseason. And I also said that even though you're adding two games, each player is only allowed to play 16. So it adds to the strategy. So don't put words in my mouth. Anyway, it just Uh, looked like Tony was legitimately pissed at Mike. And, And he was right because Mike was putting words in his mouth. And Mike does that all the time, and it drives me absolutely nuts. Have you ever heard the interview, and I'm sure I talked to you about this, uh, there's an interview I heard with Rachel Nichols, and she worked at the Washington Post when she was obviously much younger, and much younger than Wilbon and Tony. She was like an intern, you know? And she said she used to sit in the newsroom, <laughs> and and Tony and Wilbon's desks were like near each other, and the whole day, every day, is arguments between the two of them. And here's little Rachel Nichols, the intern, sitting right in between them. It's really quite fascinating to hear. I believe it. All right. Well, I guess that's another episode. You know what we didn't talk about this week? What? Golf. Thank God. Yeah. I didn't watch any of that. <laughs> I didn't watch any of that either. I mean, I only saw the Brady splitting his pants and I laughed and that was it. So, uh, same time next week. Same time, same station. All right.